Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to Getting That Post-Workout Glow. Step 1. What's your why? More epic energy? Better sleep? Blow off steam? Step 2. Join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime, and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs, or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step 3. Bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Wednesday, September 14th. It's glow time. See club for details. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton. As always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, a man who could not help himself but put in the pre-order already for the iPhone, whatever, 14 Pro Max this weekend. My good friend, Mr. Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing, as we always say during this pandemic, this air quote, Saturday morning, sir. I would say that that pre-ordering a new phone that I, even though I just bought a phone like six months ago, but I can just say, I just give it to my mom. So like, I, I feel better about myself would be the, would, would be the best part of my weekend. No. Eagles are playing, but nah, no. we got one of the elite, no pun intended on the wrestling, the, the most elite re- sports writers in the country joining us to talk birds because there's a lot of buzz around, like, I don't know, even though Jason Kelsey doesn't like the, like, like the buzz, there's buzz nonetheless, so we got to talk about it. No, we had to bring in a professional. We had to bring in, as we always say when we bring in a professional, we had to bring in a capital J journalist, friend of the program, because he's been on the show multiple times, so he's an official friend of the program, a writer and podcaster, our good friend, Shiel Kapadia from The Ringer. Shiel, how's it going, man? Yeah, it's going well, you guys. Yeah, I feel like we go back. I remember coming into the studio. I don't yes. know how many years ago. I think I had hair at that time. I'm not sure that uh, <laughs> might that might be wrong. But uh, yeah, you guys have always been uh, great supporters, and I always uh, appreciate it. So now that I'm in a new shop and we're uh, we're getting ready for Week One, Eagles Lions, it's good to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. And Shield, for those who don't know, is now a new member of the Ringer family, or maybe I should say. As Sheila and I's favorite college coach as Ringer family. Um, I don't know, Sheila, if you I don't know if you saw Brian Kelly the other night, but when LSU lost that game to Florida State, he no longer had a Southern accent. It was pretty amazing. I don't know if you got had a chance to catch that. Not only did I see that, but I saw he chastised the reporters for showing up late. And the one reporter said, if you would have won, we, we would have gotten here on time where I was just like, wow, that is a different animal in Baton Rouge. I hope uh, this will be fun. You know, I just like rooting against Brian Kelly as much as possible. So I think that, you know, that's kind of where my rooting interest lies in, uh, in this season. And I know, again, as I heard on your podcast with Ben, one of your podcasts with Ben this week, because again, you've been very busy this week getting ready for the season. I know you said you technically don't consider yourself an Eagles fan, speaking of fandom, but I'm going to ask you to put that fandom hat back on for a second. And Chris alluded to it in the intro. Does it, does it concern you as a fan? Because again, as a Philadelphia fan, as we technically all are, does it concern you that a lot of people in the media are high on the birds this year? Because you know what happens with expectations in this birds team? It doesn't always end well. Yeah, I don't consider myself an Eagles fan, but I grew up as an Eagles fan. And so my dad is an Eagles fan. My friends are Eagles. So I feel like I can, you know, I have the pulse of the Eagles fan. And what I sense right now is there's this great excitement that's warranted. I mean, A.J. Brown, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Easy Sky. I mean, all these things working in the Eagles' favor. I think maybe their best roster in like 10 years, I don't even know how far going back. I mean, really a top five roster in the NFL. So Eagles fans on one hand are going like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this season (laughs) to start. This is going to be an amazing next few months here. And then there's that other side of why does everybody have to pick our team to be, you know, a buzzy, a Super Bowl sleeper this year? Because there's an anxiety that comes with that. You know, fandom, in my opinion, the best seasons as a fan or when no one expects anything from your team and you have a great season. You can just be like, this is amazing. I had no expectations. But then mm-hmm. there are those other seasons where people do expect something from you. And now it's just like you kind of feel that stress a little bit. Like, can everyone just shut up and pick the Cowboys <laughs> so that, you know, we can enjoy this and rub it in their faces six weeks from now? So that's the sense I get. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree from Eagles fans right now. But, Shield, you said the, the word warranted. And – that, that's what I'm trying to come to grips with is like usually like a buzz, like a buzz around the team is not warranted, whether it's like, I don't know, like, like a Giants team that like started six and 10, like, like ended, start, ended a bogus season six and 10 are like, oh yeah, they might make the playoffs. But I feel that it's warranted. I, and, and I think maybe half of it is 
the Eagles doing that they they're trusting or like they're building the right way. They're building a sustainable uh, or like a sustainable roster, which I think they haven't been doing. And I think a lot of it is to do with this NFC is not strong or not strong. There's no, I think there's a, I would say a fatal flaw with every team. I think there's a semi-fatal flaw with almost every team in the NFC. Is that kind of what you're gathering is like, is the buzz certain around the Eagles saying that like this conference is there for the taking, which is why let's find the plucky team. Like whether it's them, whether it's a Minnesota, because Frankly, I feel like a team like Minnesota is being slept on. I, I I saw that I think in one of your bold predictions. I think you had them winning the division. So I, I mean, I feel that like a team like a, a Philly or a Minnesota or something like that can creep up on creep up on teams. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think every July, August, when I'm just going through the conferences and you're trying to figure out, all right, what is my analysis? What are my opinions going to be here in the next month? Uh, you you look at those strengths that you just mentioned. Like if the Eagles were in the AFC, I mean, we're not having this kind of the hype is just like <laughs> they're not they're, making the playoffs. No, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. They, you know, somebody, people might pick, all right, maybe they can be a sneaky wildcard team, but no one's picking them to beat the Chargers or the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals or the Ravens. Even the Broncos. I mean, I was thinking about the Broncos. Like, I have the Broncos as one of my final teams getting into the playoffs in the AFC. If the Broncos are in the NFC, I mean, they're on the short list of Super Bowl contenders this year. And so, yeah, there is that. There's, it's definitely different between the two conferences. And then I look at the NFC, and I'm with you. I look at the Bucs, who, who, who are my pick to get to the Super Bowl, but I'm saying, well, what w- was going on with Tom Brady there where he just left camp for 11 days? Like, that's pretty much unprecedented for a quarterback to do that, and they've got some offensive line injuries. And then I'm looking at the Packers. They trade Devontae Adams, and they don't do anything to replace him. And it's like, well, that looks like a team to me that missed their window here the last three years where they were a great team. The Rams, I mean, the Rams were a really good team last year. I don't think anyone looked at that and thought the Rams are this juggernaut that they're going to win like three Super Bowls in the next five years. And so those three teams are the favorites. They all have flaws. And then you start going down, you're going, all right, well, who are my sleepers going to be? And so I think Mm -hmm. that's why that's where the Eagles come in. When you just look at it and you say second easiest schedule in the NFL, if you go kind of by Vegas projected win totals, you look at the roster, you say, well, they were pretty good last year. They weren't great, but they were pretty good last year. Can this team make that kind of leap where that, you know, they really kind of pile up wins in the regular season, maybe get the one seed, maybe get that by win the division, whatever. Um, You know, there are avenues there that I think are realistic. So again, before the season, you had the Eagles, you had a preseason ranking. I think the Eagles you had as the ninth best offense and the 15th best defense before the the Chauncey Gardner Johnson selection. So, or, or, or acquisition. So given that, given what we saw last year, and again, given the kind of landscape of the NFC, 11 wins and a playoff victory. Anything less than that's probably a disappointment, right? It's, I mean, it's crazy when you say that, but it's it's probably <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you said that, I'm like, man, that seems kind of harsh, but no, it is probably true. It's a different situation than last year. And this is where I think Sirianni will get tested a little bit because last year it was no expectations. This team was a disaster last year. Like, mm-hmm. let's see if they can be, you know, a little bit of fun, whatever. They would go nine and eight and they're in the playoffs. Again, those are the great types of seasons as a fan. Cause you're like, I wasn't, especially after that start two and five. I mean, no, no way are you thinking playoffs at that time. So that was a fun sort of November, December, January. This year's different. I mean, the pressure is on way more. Like you mentioned, they're a buzzy team. Vegas has their over under at nine and a half. Uh, they're talented. They're deep. They have an easy schedule, like I mentioned. And so I don't know, you know, 10 and six, it's not like 10 and seven is going to be a disaster, but yeah, you got to get in the playoffs. And if you lose in the first round, I mean, it's not going to feel like a disaster, but I do think then you're saying, shoot, are we kind of, are you kind of stuck here uh, into where you were last year? If you could win a game, if you can make some noise, then maybe you feel like you made progress and built on what you did last year. Uh, Sheil, I guess the, the, I, I feel, I think we can all agree the main decider on whether they win 10, 11, 9, 13 games is, is a quarterback. And I, I think it's been analyzed that nauseum. Um, your colleague seeing Ruiz had this great, great, like, and like, and rankings are great, but this one was really great. It was a quarterback rankings, and, and it was dumbed down to the lowest common denominator, like me, like, got that dog in him. And they had Jalen Hurts <laughs> as the 21st ranked quarterback. 
if he ends up as the 21st ranked quarterback at the end of the season, that's not, that, that isn't getting you 11 and six. Correct. Like, I don't like, he has to be in that media. Like me and Roy always have this conversation. It's like, what's the baseline for what you want Jalen hurts to be to say, okay, he's won. He's won the contest. He's the starting quarterback. We don't, we're not going to try to draft CJ Stroud. We're not going to try to find the Matt Ryan of 2023. Like what it is, is, is a Jimmy G type production what is what we can hope to expect out of Jalen Hurts this season? Yeah, I think you look at him last year, and he was probably between like the fifteenth and twentieth best starter. You know, really in that in that middle tier, and obviously he brings a lot with his legs and the passing. At times looked okay, and at times left something to be desired. So to not even look. I mean, to not even look at a in Bryce Young is my guy, by the way. For, for, <laughs> I'm already I'm already guy. planting my flag on on uh, Bryce Young <laughs> as, as better than those other quarterback prospects. But to not even consider that, I mean, this team's got to get to the NFC Championship at least. Wow. Or Hertz, <laughs> or Hertz has to perform like a. I mean, I would say top eight, top ten guy. Because here's my thing so right now. He needs to have like a Donovan McNabb. Because I feel that, like, I yeah. don't know, if he can be kind of what McNabb was in his second and third year, where, like, I don't know, like, he might not wow you with the numbers, but he's wowing you with the wins, and he's winning, and he's wowing you all other places. I feel that's, like, I don't want to compare guys, but I feel like for a guy that was never a quarterback-based guy, he won, like, but he won over the locker room, but more importantly, he got you wins. And I feel that, like, that's the way you're going to gauge Jalen Hurts for his entire career. It's not going to be rushing yards, not going to be – running touchdowns or pay. it's going to be wins. Well, yes. And it's, and that's an interesting comparison because it's such a different situation. McNabb, it was new regime. This is our guy, put all our support behind him. And I felt after, you know, like you said, year two, I mean, there was no doubt, like you, you were, right. there were no con. I mean, uh, there was no doubt that McNabb, all right, you're right. If you're an Eagles fan, you're riding with McNabb for the next, at least five years. And then I know, you know, different conversations were had at that time, but at that point when he was first coming up, I mean, remember the excitement. I remember wearing the McNabb Jersey uh, in <laughs> high school at that time. Like this was the guy, it felt so good to have the guy. And it was so exciting and so athletic. And like you said, they were winning games and their defense was really good. This is a different scenario. They drafted Jalen Hurts to be a backup quarterback in the second round. Now, I don't know what they'll say, whether they'll admit that now or not. I could tell you that for a fact. When they drafted Jalen Hurts, it was, we feel like we can get an inexpensive backup quarterback for Carson Wentz, and we don't have to go out and spend $5 million a year on a backup quarterback. That's one. Two, don't mistake this offseason as a commitment to Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, listen, I don't know how far it went yep. with other quarterbacks. Uh it was a situation where they had their eyes open, whether it was Russell Wilson, whether it was Deshaun Watson, whether it was anyone else. They had their eyes open and basically came to the conclusion that none of these guys are going to be viable options for us. Now, in my opinion, that was probably more those quarterbacks making that decision that we want to go elsewhere and have our, our eyes on these other teams than it was the Eagles saying, no, thank you. We're not interested. And so that's important context to keep in mind. Like even after last year where Hertz kind of surprises you and you have a nice season, I don't think they, they didn't go into this off season thinking, all right, yeah, let's build around Hertz. No, that's not what they were doing. They were saying, let's keep building up the roster. He's mm -hmm. on a cheap rookie contract. We didn't have other options. Let's give him another year and we'll revisit at the end of the season. And so that's why I say to me, it's going to have to like leave no doubt. Like, like if we're even having this conversation at the end of the season, do you think Hertz is the guy or not? Then in my opinion, they're probably saying, all right, we're at least going to explore as many options as possible. And for him to leave no doubt again, I think that's going to have to be NFC championship or Super Bowl or he has a monster season and maybe the defense sucks and they lose in the first or second <laughs> round, but, but hurts balls out. I mean, that, that right. is also, um, if that happens, then you say, okay, yeah, you know, it's not even a question. You're sticking with hurts for another year. Now, now you say if, and if, you know, maybe perhaps again, we're going to pin you down on this one. I'm going to ask you to pull out the shield cup of crystal ball. All right. Cause again, you mentioned last season that we all talk about on the show that, you know, all the time Eagles clearly flirted with Russell Wilson, clearly flirted with Deshaun Watson is the flirtation over. Are the Eagles going to go to the club next summer and look for something nicer than what they have? Or, or, or are they going to stick with Jalen Hurts? What is your prediction? 
No, I think they're I think they're gonna get all done up and you know oh. maybe buy a new oh. outfit, uh, okay. pregame a little, make okay. sure they're feeling nice, <laughs> relaxed, loose. That they're uh, you know bringing their bringing their best. Honestly, I think it's close. I think it's really because I mean the other thing is you don't know what the options are going to be that are available to them. Like if the options are a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Derek Carr then you're saying, do we really want to do do that? Or do we just want to have, again, Hertz is signed for next year on a cheap contract. And so you could run it back again now. So that's possible. Now I lean a little bit, like I'm not going like 70, 30. I'm kind of going like 57, 43. If we're talking okay. percentages here, okay. I mean, here, here, here's the thing. If you look at their record since they won the Super Bowl. They're 31, 33, and one. I think that would surprise people because usually we just look at playoff appearances and say, man, they've been in the mix. They, but they're two games under 500. That yeah. ranks 19th. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. In the NFL, over a four-year span, like four years, that's, you know, you were talking about a lot of games there, a big stretch. And so, yeah. in mm -hmm. my opinion, they will look at this roster and probably say, we got A.J. Brown. We have Devontae Smith. We have Dallas Goddard. You're, gonna, you're probably going to have a top five offensive line next year, even if Jason Kelsey does retire. I mean, they've been building up their offensive line depth so well. And so it's going to be a position where a quarterback can come in and play. And so in my opinion, if Hurts doesn't play great or if they go out in the first round or even don't make the, you know, there's a there's a floor there that we haven't even talked about. I mean, things could go terribly. We don't know. We've, <laughs> we've been in Philadelphia long enough to know that that's possible. Uh, if any of those situations happen, in my opinion, from Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, they're going to say, all right, that was a, you know, we, we appreciate Hertz. We love him as a person. Does mm -hmm. he have that ceiling where we're going to be able to, they've been chasing that sustained success with McNabb and Reed now for a long time. Yeah. They don't get me wrong. Yeah. They've had good years in there. They won the Super Bowl. If you're a fan, you'll trade that for anything else, but that sustained success where you're saying four five, six years, we know we're in the mix. I mean, that's where the chiefs are. That's where the mm -hmm. Bills are. That's probably where the Chargers are going to be. That might be where the Ravens are going to be. That might be where the Bengals are going to be. You know, that that's where you want to be, where you're not even yeah. having this quarterback conversation. So in my opinion, the more likely scenario is that they would get pretty aggressive and say, all right, mm. let's take a swing, whether it's draft, veteran, whatever, and let's bring someone in here who we can feel good about for the next three, three to four years minimum. Mm. All right, Man, I wish we could... Roy, I wish we had like a technology sound person to put that ether beat behind that. Cause I felt that was like, I don't know, she was saying that with this. No, I, I like, and, but I feel that like there's this referendum that if you're not this Jalen Hurt supporter, you're just like, because really, like, if you just watch it with an objective set of eyes, no, like, I don't know, he's a great guy. Like, I don't know, he's like, cause he is, like, he's all them. But if you just watch the games, even just from a, a, a commoner like me, that just watches and it's just like the um the accuracy isn't there just the i, I guess just the willingness or just I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the confidence to to, to just yeah. wing it like I, I feel that's that hasn't yeah. been there and maybe it will be there but just to ask for that jump from year from last year to this year that's a big ask and i i don't remember a quarterback that with jalen hurts's pedigree this isn't like saying because people say josh allen you know, like josh allen is is a cyborg like i don't know he has like just a, like a, a literal rifle for an arm this isn't josh allen so i, I don't know if we're gonna be if we're being realistic to say jalen hurts goes from what 16 touchdowns to 27 touchdowns like i don't i just like i i think people are being a little a little unrealistic with the jalen hurts expectations it, it, it would be the exception i think is is what you're saying and i would agree with that you know most of the time in recent years Think of the guys, Lamar Jackson's winning an MVP in year two. Joe Burrow goes to the Super Bowl in year two. Justin Herbert, all right, they haven't had playoff success, but anyone, you watch him for, you know, a quarter and you're yeah. going, all right, I don't need to think about quarterback for the next yeah. 10 years. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> wins the MVP in year two. And so most of the time, and 
it's nothing is ironclad here. Josh Allen, you mentioned Josh Allen after year two, there were a lot of doubts about whether Josh Allen's even going to be an above average quarterback in the NFL. And now he's a legit MVP candidate. So it does happen. You're right. It's different. Hurts, I think you wouldn't watch Hurts and say he's got the same physical tools as uh, as a Josh Allen, but uh, you know players improve, and I never want to say, all right, there's no there's no chance of it because players do improve. They work at it. Supporting cast really matters. He's got that this year in terms mm-hmm. of offensive line, in terms of weapons, and so there is a scenario where he has you know Nick Foles, the Chip Kelly year. Remember that? that I was just thinking earlier today. That's like the forgotten year. A quarterback having <laughs> 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. It's wild, and so wild yeah. stuff happens and. And, uh, and I wouldn't want to put a ceiling on it, but I do. I would agree with you that that would be the exception rather than the expectation of what Hertz would do this year. We're talking to Shil Gapadia, writer, podcaster for The Ringer. You, you mentioned Chip Kelly. Let's talk about a coach for a second, Nick Sirianni, because we haven't talked a lot about him in general. I think the the, the media in general about Nick Sirianni and, and what we can expect from him in uh, this year. Are you sold on Nick Sirianni as a, as a leader of men? Yeah, you're right. It is. He probably gets talked about less than most Eagles head coaches, right? Usually that's just like all we're talking about uh, is that is the head coach and it is different. Um, I'm not I'm hesitant to say sold because it's one year. And like if you go through the I don't know if you guys I I went through the coach of the year rankings recently, just like, all right, who's won it over the last 10 years? And the craziest thing I found was that Mike Tomlin has somehow never won coach of the year. So that just tells you how stupid an award it probably is. Jason Garrett won it. Matt, Matt, Matt Nagy won it. And so like we have these times in NFL history where a guy comes in and the expectations are low and he overachieves in year one and the fan base thinks, wow, we got our guy. This is amazing. And then a year later, two years later, three years later, he's not the coach anymore. And so, uh, I'll say I like what I've seen from Sirianni so far. You know, he passes. I just want the coach to pass that initial test of not being like, you know, one of these uh, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia types where like the players hate him pretty much instantly. He's passed that test. I feel like he knows it's important. <laughs> you got to connect with the players. Uh, he's a bit of a player's coach. And so that's good in terms of changing the offense in the middle of the first year. That's hard to do to just go from you're doing one thing for seven weeks and in the final 10 weeks, you're doing something completely different. And hey, it actually works and so i'll give him credit there and so leadership is going to be interesting this year specifically if the team faces adversity given the expectations if aj brown's not getting the ball enough if Devonte smith is saying hey remember me like i was mm-hmm. awesome last year and i'm not getting the ball if uh chauncey gardner johnson is saying i came here to play safety why are you lining me up in the spot in in the slot here you know there are all these different things you have to deal with with personality they got a lot of guys in the last year of a contract kelsey fletcher cox javon hargrave chauncey gardner johnson yeah i mean there, there's uh there are probably james bradbury uh you know there are guys that i'm probably forgetting there too, who, depending on how you use them, their role, their numbers, all those things matter. And so I think it's probably likely that they're going to face more adversity this year, even though I think they're going to have a good season. You know, there could be some ups and downs, and I think we'll learn more about him uh, in those spots for sure. Now, you mentioned the defense, and I I did want to mention one thing. I did want to ask you real quick one thing about the defense. On the Philly Special Podcast, you said that you didn't, or you can't remember watching a defense that you hated more than last year's (laughs) Eagles team. Um, I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) This is one of the few times I have heard. I didn't know that like Jonathan Gannon was such a triggering name for Shield because like I don't know like like as I feel like I don't like like I I feel that's a very I I feel the defense isn't getting discussed enough because uh, this is because a lot last year myself included was saying oh it's not Jonathan Gannon's fault it's this it's the talent it's the it's it's the 29 sacks that that one team the lions were worse than like i don't know the like the, the eagles were were just horrid in getting sacks and not much better in getting interceptions this year's a different story they have the talent and i guess my question shield is like i don't know like is this can and there was another great like i don't know trip to the doctor analogy where you're like i don't know how much pain am i going to feel from each <laughs> level of defense yeah. and right now I feel other than like next to Hurts, the biggest question for me is who's getting the sack on third and eight? Because I, I, I asked Roy this for the last six, seven years. I feel like I'm just repeating myself is they don't have the guy that on third and eight is getting because for 
I still feel that the last guy that's been able to do that was like a Chris Long type. Where like I don't know when you're getting to the quarterback, and on top of that, maybe you're getting a strip sack. They, they don't. They haven't had that. And do they have that this year with maybe Hassan Reddick, uh, maybe Josh Sweat? I, I don't know. Or yeah. I, I don't know. Does Brandon Grant turn back the clock? I don't know. I can't believe Roy brought out the direct quote, man. I feel like an athlete or coach who said the wrong thing. And then the reporters go, no, you said this uh, specifically. No, I mean, you know what it is. It's like, uh, so my week on Tuesdays, you know, I, I, I wake up, I sit down and I put on the Eagles coaches film and I take my notes so that I'm ready for the week. And, you know, usually watching defense is fun. You know, they're, they're doing something aggressive. They're, they're they have some disguise on a key. They're down, they're creating a turnover. And it was just so vanilla. It was so boring. I mean, I don't believe, like, I think Gannon's overall philosophy is that if we prevent explosive plays, we're going to win a lot of games. And so there's some truth to that. But when you do that at all costs and you're giving up third and fours and opposing quarterbacks are completing 70% of their passes every week. Every the week. Entire, the entire week. season. That, that was 90. the mark last year. Every week. 90 even, the, even the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Even the oh, yeah. The ones. good ones get to 90. Yeah. Right, the bad right. ones get 70. <laughs> the good ones. Get, for the season, it was 70. That was 32nd dead last in the NFL. And just, I guess, having like interviewed defensive players throughout the course of my career, they are not wired to play this way. They don't sit there dreaming, you know, laying in bed thinking of, oh, wow, if we can just, you know, not give them an, an explosive play on Sunday, that'll be a really fun outcome. No, they're dreaming of, I'm going to put that quarterback on his back. I'm going to inflict pain. I mean, you know, we all know the old Eagles teams and, you know, whether it was went from Buddy Ryan to Jim Johnson and like, yeah. this is how we are accustomed to watching Eagles defenses play. And I do think there's something to that. I mean, they're not all coaches coach like this around the NFL. You know, uh, I was did like a training camp tour and there are defensive coaches who are just like, no, we, do, we don't care. That's not how we play. We want to force a quick outcome and put the quarterback under duress above all costs. So let's see. I didn't think their talent was horrible last year. I mean, I didn't think it, it wasn't like the best talent in the league. It was uh, better than the results they produced. That's what all I look at for coaching is did the, uh, was the sum uh, greater than the, you know, the individual parts there. And it was not for the Eagles defense last year. I think that's why I got so frustrated watching them play. So Chris, to your question, it's, it's a fair point. They don't have like that one guy, you know, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, that one guy, Michael Parsons now, who you're just like, this guy is going to wreck the game every week. And the opposing offensive coordinators have to circle him on Tuesday and say, what's our plan for him? I would agree with that. Yeah. They don't have that guy, but I do think they have depth and they have like seven or eight guys who are really good. And Hassan Reddick has been a double-digit sack guy. Josh Sweat absolutely has the ceiling to be a double-digit sack guy. We'll see what we see from Jordan Davis. Fletcher Cox is not the player he used to be, but for like a possession here and a possession there, he can do it. Um, and Javon Hargrave, I thought, had a really good year last year. Brandon Graham looked great this summer. We'll see how much, you know, how he looks coming off that injury. But he looked good. And so, listen, they have enough pieces where if you told me, hey, I'm hand handing you a defensive coordinator who you like. I mean, I would even use Jim Schwartz. I don't. I know not everybody loved Jim Schwartz. I have no doubt that if Jim Schwartz coached this defense, I would say this is a top 10 defense, and I don't even have to think twice about it. The talent is there to absolutely produce a top 10 defense. So now with Jonathan Gannon, if those you know reasons you mentioned are legit, and hey, was his first time in this role, then this should be a top 10 defense if, if he's who they think he is. And, that, and that's oh, uh, I, I hate, oh, oh, I hate Jim Schwartz. The sticks, sticks defense. Jim no, Schwartz, Jim Schwartz no, was fine. Like I, <laughs> no, like Jim Schwartz was never like I feel like Jim Schwartz got kind of a raw deal here because I feel that like yeah. I don't know like their defense was predicated on a lot of the stuff coming from their front four, and if your front four can't get it done, then to be honest, a lot of your defense is is not going to work if your front four. So I feel it, it like I but like you said, Shield it. it I think all phases of this defense have to work in kind of concert. Like, I don't know, like you just, sometimes you need to show a little blitz or like, I don't know, just yeah. like you said, don't make it so vanilla. I feel like, right. I don't know, like teams, teams knew what they were running too high safeties. Like they knew right. they, they solved the puzzle already. Yeah. And if you're playing, I mean, I know the defensive line, the pass rush wasn't great, but if you're playing so far off the wide receivers, 
the quarterback's going to be able to get rid of the ball quickly. I mean, that was really the story of last season, especially the good quarterback. So yeah, those two things need to uh, be married better where you're forcing the quarterback to hold on to the ball because you're doing stuff with your coverages. And then the pass rush, the guys you're paying have a chance to get home. And yeah, hey, Jim Schwartz, I mean, they won a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, and Patrick Robinson at corner. And that was, you know, I know they got lit up in the Super Bowl, but you look at that season. I mean, they had, what was it? They had like a top eight defense that entire year. And so that's an example of, Hey, you're, you're not going to have a pro bowler at every position. I'm sorry, Jonathan Gannon, not everybody's going to be an all pro. Like you got to figure it out. As Mike Tomlin would say, that's what you have to run to coaching. That's what the coaches get paid to do. Not all NFL coaches understand that that's what coaches get paid to do is to figure out those problems. So, so let's put a bow in this defensive conversation. Again, I'm going to ask you to pull the crystal ball out one more time at the end of this year. Are we going to have a better read on Jonathan Gannon as a DC, or is it going to be, oh, these guys are just better than the guys we had last year? Like, well, we know how good of a coach he is by the end of the season. Oh yeah, I think I think, uh, and I'm sure Howie Roseman would probably not admit this, but I'm sure he's thinking, listen, I gave you everything you wanted this year. I better see uh, some results. Yeah, I mean the talent is that you know, unless they get decimated by injuries or something. I mean, if this defense is not a top ten defense then you have two years of evidence that Gannon is probably not a good defensive coordinator. If they all of a sudden make this huge leap and we're saying, all right, okay, Shield was too harsh on him. Shield was crushing it all, all off season. And now look, he got his guys and they have a really good defense. That's absolutely possible. And so if that happens, then we'll say, okay, he just needed a year. He got some players and he is a very good defensive coordinator. So, so lesson learned, the things that rile Shield up is boring defense. Got it. Yeah. Right. Or no, no, I feel like you're going to, like, I, I feel like, I don't know, like jail, like a lot with Jalen Hurts, you're going to, you're going to know whether he's like, I don't know, he's like, he's kind of, I don't know, kind of just this, I don't know, fake, like, I don't know, wonderkin of coaching. Cause I feel like, I don't know, he's just got this, I don't know, in circles, he's like getting interviews for like, head coaching jobs which i'm still trying to figure out or like i don't know or he's the next i don't know matt patricia but a nicer one i don't know like but i feel like you're gonna you're gonna know you're gonna know a lot more about jonathan gannon after this season yeah i think it's a good comparison with hertz i mean both those guys it's like the pieces are there for them and now let's see you know how high their ceiling is you know with coaches it's like we assume that owners know what they're doing and you know like owner the same list we read on the internet about like hot coaching candidates or, you know, mm-hmm. those type, like they're reading those same things. Trust me. These are not like the most well-run uh, organizations uh, <laughs> in America. And so Jonathan Gannon was a very popular name when Nick Sirianni landed him as defensive coordinator. And it was seen as this like, wow, all right, they really got a great young coach. And again, maybe he will turn out to be that guy. He was not that guy in year one. He obviously does something to impress people around the league, getting those head coaching interviews, like you mentioned. And so maybe there is something there. I just am sort of in, I'll, I'll uh, believe it when I see it mode. No, I think, I think we're all in agreement. We're not quite sold yet or maybe even at all, depending on who you ask of the three of us. But yeah, I think we'll know, have a pretty decent idea again, come the end of this year. Um, I do have one more Eagles question for you. A very, a very important Eagles question. Maybe the most important one, because earlier this summer, I saw that uh, Devontae Smith was interviewed and he said he had a, has a Wawa addiction. And again, I know you're local and, and I know you are team Wawa. You're a fan of Wawa. So I would like to ask you, what is your go-to Wawa order? Because he, he's a fan of the honey turkey uh, hoagie. I don't know. I don't know which, how you get down. Yeah, I, well, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I don't know if the audience knows them. They, you know, I'll give Wawa credit. They got all sorts of great, you know, vegetarian yeah. options. And so I just do, you know, I think it's uh, I do a cheese shorty. Like I'm older now. I when in my younger days, you know, you could get the classic and eat the whole thing. <laughs> now I do that. I'm like, all right, I need a mid afternoon nap here or something. So uh, I, I get the shorty with all the the veggies and the toppings and the mayo and the salt, pepper, uh, oregano on there. We usually pick up, you know, a couple pretzels uh, for the kids there as well and so as much as you know i enjoy a wawa uh you know my dad who is now 77 like i mean he is just uh, he was showing hey i got the app look at this you can order on. so he definitely <laughs> is keeping them in business more than maybe i am at this point uh in my life but yeah i thought that was because i think Devonte smith has like the uh sponsorship right with yeah, so I'm so. like, wow, yeah. second year in the league, and he already knows how to get the the. He's already just in a press conference, uh, hawking Wawa product. That's <laughs> that's that's pretty good maturity out of him. 
I, I feel I feel a little you know sad in myself because again your your father has an app I don't even have the Lawa app like I feel yeah. like you know I feel a little, little insecure right now I gotta <laughs> gotta step my game up you gotta um, get it yeah he, <laughs> trust me he shows me he raves about it yeah he's all over it we're, we're talking to Shil Kapadia writer podcaster for the Ringer um, I do again I want to ask you in general about the NFL because you cover the NFL um, even though we talked mostly about the Eagles for the last half an hour or so um, I think. Minnesota sounds like the team that you're kind of more, you know, more bullish on than other people. So I think that's the team, your kind of dark horse team. Is there a team that a lot of us are talking about that's, you know, going deep in the playoffs, maybe that you're not quite as, as bullish on? Probably the Packers are the team I'm fading a little bit more uh, than uh, the consensus. And I understand the case for the Packers. I mean, they have the back-to-back MVP. The NFC is not strong. Yeah. I just look at that. And, and like I said earlier, I feel like, you have a window of three years where you've won 13 games every year. I mean, a lot has to go right to win 13 games and they did not get to the Super Bowl in any of those years. And so now you don't have Devontae Adams anymore. We'll see how healthy they can stay. We'll see about their offensive line with Rodgers. So yeah, that's probably the one I have like the most on the line with this year. You know, I've, I've written about the Packers and the Vikings quite a bit on the ringer and Packers fans are probably ready to, you know, egg my house or something. They're not happy with what I've said about their team uh, this year. And so that's probably the one that I'm lower on than most people. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned, but I would be surprised if they were playing, uh, if this was like the year that they finally got to the Super Bowl. Mm, Sheila, like Sheila, it would be um, not a Philly podcast if we didn't ask about the um, the that team in Dallas. Um, do they have is is what they're dealing with Tyron Smith? Just like I don't know, just like because usually Dallas usually has the superior talented team. I feel like I don't know that's been the case for a lot of years. Like I don't know for for all the grief that Jerry Jones gets for being just a middler. Like I don't know. He knows how to draft players, elite players. But I feel this year they don't have those elite players, whether it's like I don't know, losing Amari Cooper to like like and that offensive line is like do is Dak can Dak Prescott be a guy to carry a team? I feel like I don't know, for the longest time he's had a nice a really good supporting cast around him. But I feel like this is the time to prove that he can kind of win, like I don't know, will a team to a division. Do you not think that is going to be the case no i i think uh what you said there is exactly right you know there are some quarterbacks justin herbert when he came into the league the offensive line stunk and it didn't matter he was just able to lift everyone mm-hmm. around him joe burrow taking what nine sacks last year in that playoff game taking over 70 sacks on the year and guess what he still played pretty well so there there's like that top tier of guys who even if the supporting cast around them isn't great, they can still make it work. And I think we're going to sort of find out if Dak Prescott is in that tier or not, because listen, he's been, he's by far the best quarterback in the division, in my opinion. And I've usually been a a Dak Prescott guy. I think he's really good specifically if the pieces are around him, he can operate at like a, you know, top six, seven, eight level in the NFL. The pieces around him got worse, and there's no doubt about that. They trade Amari Cooper. Uh, they don't, you know, they've got C.D. Lamb, who's a very good player, but they don't have a lot beyond C.D. Lamb. So they're one of those teams that, if you're a defense, you can say, figure out a way to stop Lamb, and if one of these other guys is going to beat us, so be it. You know that that's how defenses are going to approach their games against the Cowboys. And now they don't have a left tackle answer with Tyron Smith out of there. And so I look at that team, and uh, you know, it's I I don't want to pretend like there's this huge gap between the Eagles and them because the Eagles have the better roster, but the Cowboys have the better quarterback. And so now we'll find out sort of how that evens out. And, you know, maybe this could be a scenario where it's Prescott takes his game to another level. And we're saying, Oh my gosh, look at what he's doing. And he doesn't have great circumstances around him. So I actually still have the Cowboys as a playoff team. I've got the Eagles winning the division, but I've got that. I don't don't think the Cowboys are taking this huge drop off where they're winning like seven games. If Prescott's healthy, Um, I still think they're probably above, Above 500 and you know in the mix for a playoff spot for sure nice excellent well i'm glad to hear that and again i don't want to ruin all your predictions if you want to hear all of shields <laughs> predictions go out go check him out on the ringer.com check out the philly special podcast among the many podcasts that he's, he's been on the last couple of weeks speaking of the philly special podcast i do want to mention for those who don't know it's not just philadelphia eagles centric it's about all philadelphia sports shields a fan of other philadelphia sports as well including, sadly, the basketball team that lets us all down each year, the Philadelphia 76ers. This summer, James Harden got the two-year extension. Um, 
which was a lot better than the five-year extension that some people were scared of. Yeah. Um, but they also signed a bunch of guys, you know, with the hashtag dog inside of them. P.J. Tucker, DeAnthony Melton. Um, now they've got Montrez Harrell. Did they do enough to do to to kind of make that leap in the Eastern Conference to, to be a team that can make the Eastern Conference Finals, perhaps? It's like everything, you know, you read or heard was – you know, wow, this is the best case scenario. Harden did, you know, took the pay cut and they were able to add these, oh, this summer couldn't have gone any better for the Sixers. That may be true, but why would I be confident that next May (laughs) in the playoffs against the Milwaukee Bucks or Boston Celtics or, you know, whoever else, that they're going to be the best team out of that group and make the finals? Like, I know James Harden took the pay cut. That doesn't help James Harden be a different guy in the playoffs next year. I mean, I don't understand it. Like, uh, I don't know. This it's just sort of you're you're in that spot where they're going to win 50 games. Embiid will be an MVP candidate. There will be some stretches where you feel like maybe it'll be different. But I'm looking at Harden in the playoffs, and then to an extent Doc in the playoffs. And do I yeah. feel confident in those two guys going up against the other teams in the East? I don't. And so um, I don't know that, uh, you know, that that 2000, 2001 Sixers team is probably still my favorite team of all time to be a wow. Just because it was like I couldn't, you know, I was uh, in high school then and it was like any social outings. I'm like, no, the Sixers are on tonight. I'm going to be on the couch. Uh, I'm I'm sure that makes me sound real cool, but that's the truth. You know, Halloween. Nope. The Sixers are open the season. What are you crazy? I'm not coming to any Halloween party and getting dressed up and missing this Sixers game. Are you nuts? And uh, they were just so entertaining. I love that team. And I just feel like they're in this different spot where you're just like, all right, championship or bust. And it's just like, oh my gosh, why would this year be any different? So that's probably a depressing way to frame it. I'll still be watching. I'll still see. But it sounds, Roy, looking at your face, it seems like you feel the same way I do. I think we see, all I Chris, feel like, <laughs> see. I feel like I don't know. Sheila's vindicated a lot of my takes for the last three or four months, though. And now I'm just imagining young Sheila like egging his parents to go to the models and get one of those, 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 those car hangers. Car flag. Like, you get the car flag. Yeah. Car oh, flag. we had one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had one. We had all the towel, you know, we had a partial, I actually at that point had convinced, okay, can we just get the partial, you know, uh, ticket plan here. Yeah. And so we actually got that that year. And so then you get to go to playoff games. So we had the, we got the t- towels in the Capadia household uh, that year. I've got, you guys can't see it cause you can only see the Jordan stuff, but up there there's an AI printout from that playoff run that, you know, they hand out the things and you hold up the MVP right. thing that's right, hanging right. on the wall here. So yeah, that was, that was the team that I, uh, I enjoyed the most. And I feel like there's no chance I'm getting there with a, you know, one of these Sixers teams. So maybe I'll be proven wrong. Shield, uh, just, just to like, I don't know, close out this basketball talk. So obviously it's a generational thing that you think that the guy behind you is the best player of all time. It's not like, like you don't want to get in these, like, cause I imagine like, I don't know, you got a lot of young bulls at the ringer thinking like, I don't know, MJ isn't the goat and you just need to like, I don't know, pat them on the head and be like, sit down, son. You're, you're totally wrong. Like, I, I guess yeah. it's like, do you feel it's a generational thing? Like if you actually were watching basketball during that era, you, there would be like no doubt in your mind that Michael Jordan's the greatest player that you've ever seen. Yeah, it's just hard to explain. And I, I I love LeBron. I'm not like a LeBron hater or anything like that. But at that time, like every year, the idea of, of the Bulls not winning the championship was just like inconceivable. I mean, it's like, you know, the Sixers yeah. had their runs where they're getting knocked out. That was in my early fandom, but it was just like, would you, you you would have to be crazy to even predict another team to beat Michael yeah. Jordan and just uh yeah you know the the cultural stuff and how cool he was and this stuff back here is like this is literally from my like uh my childhood bedroom and my mom never threw it out and she said she'll get your you're in your mid-20s come clear out your childhood bedroom and I'm going oh my god this stuff's awesome I'm gonna keep this and you know hang it in in my house and so now it's the backdrop in my office here but yeah I mean there's more Michael Jordan stuff that I probably had so yeah I mean I I do feel like there's one of those things where if you were growing up 
in that era, it was just like, all right, that's the person you're pretending to be on the playground, in the right. driveway. Even if you're doing the Nerf hoop inside, it didn't matter. That's the person <laughs> you're pretending to be. And then, of course, the the sneakers, the Jordan brand, I mean, everything about it. And, and at that time, like, you didn't really care if the athlete was a great guy or, you know, you didn't need to you know all the know. details of MJ gambling or doing whatever he's doing. I don't need to know about that. When I sit here for two and a half hours, this is going to be an amazing experience and he's going to deliver pretty much every time. So that that's kind of what it was like <laughs> for me, I feel like. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty much like what like it was for all of us back then, and like you said, like we didn't know a lot of that stuff. And again, it wasn't like the you know where you know. Michael Jordan about... was not a gambler. He was not a gambler. Did not <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know. No, but um, no, but you know, thank you for taking us behind the curtain on that because again, we all we all are the same. We're all of the same general generation, so we all have those same thoughts. And again, I'm sure the the twenty somethings think the same with LeBron, and then you know the future generation will probably think the same with Bronny Junior or whatever. You know, it, it's a generation. John Moran. Exactly, John Moran, whoever yeah. it is. Uh, we're talking to Shio Kabadia, writer, podcaster for The Ringer. Um, Shio, you've been with The Ringer for a couple of months now. Uh, what do you have coming up these next couple of months uh, during football season? Yeah, I mean, the big thing for your audience is check out the Philly Special Podcast. You know, download it uh, wherever you, you can get your podcast. We're going to be recording Sunday nights and Thursday. It's Ben Solak and myself. I, I really enjoy, even if I'm moving into like different roles, to have that voice on the Eagles. It's sort of like a part of what I always want to be doing. And so that's my outlet uh, to do that. So check that out. Uh, the Ringer NFL Show, I'm going to be hosting that twice a week during the regular season. So if you're just an NFL fan and, um, you know, interested in that, that kind of thing, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be doing that, uh, you know, Monday nights for Tuesday, and then also another show on Thursdays. And then uh, just, you know, writing stuff. It, it's less writing, more talking, which I enjoy. And so it'll be more podcasting, but just on the ringer.com, you can find my columns, uh, you know, whatever I feel like writing about that week or whatever's going on, whether it's with the Eagles or uh, around the NFL. And again, I'm glad that you've kept the kind of interactive part of that, you know, asking for the listener mailbag stuff with the uh, the questions from the listeners. Um, I do have to disagree with you on the whole sharing of the slides in the garage thing. Oh, no, um, you're on my wife's side, huh? I, I, well, actually, actually, I'm actually on Ben's side. I'm team no slides. But okay. again, we don't need multiple slides. Slides are slides. I mean, you wear them for 10 seconds. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Yeah, listen, it's a barefoot Roy. I don't need my barefoot on the same slide as my wife's got hair. Her uh, now, she was making the point she was saying to me after she heard that interview that I she said she should be the one complaining. She's like, You know, my feet are probably in better shape than your feet. All right, that's probably true, but they're my slides. I'll just order you another, uh, another pair of slides. You don't need to be uh, sharing everything, but yeah, that was highly controversial there. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to wear the slides for 10 seconds in the garage, you know, it's no big deal. You know, we don't need two pairs. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> agree to disagree. Exactly. Exactly. No, but Shield, thank you as always. Shield Kapadia. Thank you so much, Shield. Writer, podcaster for The Ringer. You can check him out again. Check, all, check out all of his work at The Ringer. Also, give him a follow if you don't already um, on Twitter at Shield Kapadia. Shield, as always, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Great talking thanks to you guys. Lot, thanks for having me. Now it's our interview with Shil Kapadia, writer, podcaster for The Ringer, and again, official friend of the show since he's been on the show multiple times. I think we can use that tag. But it is the day or a couple of days before the start of the Eagles 2022 season. And as we always do, I don't oh, know man. how many years we're deep into this. No, I, no, I'm pretty sure it was when you started because no other person would make me com- – make me do this like or compel right. me to be like yeah let's impress Roy with this dumb stuff <laughs> about like i don't know like microsoft 2003 like, um, I don't exactly know, like, no like i and for some reason i have like i don't know through my own just stupidity i have i've kept doing it i think i think maybe i did not do it in 2020 during the pandemic because i was just like it's sad i don't feel like doing this but right. i am back i have like i went I, I went a couple extra levels that I usually don't even do. I like said Ooh. the I even said where the team will rank in total offense and total defense. For those who don't know, every year for about 20 years or so, give or take a couple, um, Chris Domingo has put together a very elaborate spreadsheet uh, predicting the Eagles, not just the Eagles, you know, wins and losses and things like that, but no, the Eagles statistical performances by position on offense. So all every single skill position player gets target, not targets, but gets receptions and, and number of yards, you know, receiving and rushing yards and rushing attempts. And again, it all, well, I don't know if it does, but it all used to. No, oh, uh, no, reconcile. oh, no, it reconciles, baby. Okay. It, it, all, rec- it all reconciles, and it's a stupid, a stupid thing we do. I even did a if statement. 
I even did an if statement to, to give it to show me in, in, in red in red color if it did it. So and, I and, so everything ties out. And 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 again, we used to and every, periodically we'll usually at the quarter mark or the half mark at the end of the year, we'll kind of go back and look at this look at the statement or look at the spreadsheet and see how it compared to the actual uh, performance of the team. Of course, there's been some players who have outperformed their performances. There's been players who wildly underperformed their performances. Shout out to like every single tight end, just about I think, except for Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, who you've had. Who was the uh, tight end oh, no. from Florida? Oh, oh no, I could say that that my three to this day I still remember. Top three, Jerome yes. McDougal. Yes. This was before, unfortunately, he was shot. I think he said he was going to have 12 sacks in maybe 2005 or 2006. I don't even think he had 12 sacks his entire career. Cornelius Ingram, Thank I you. think, was like the Corny. third string tight, tight, tight end. I, don't, yeah. I said he was going to have 50 catches and, and 600 yards. But the Illmatic of my mistakes was <laughs> Freddie Mitchell in 2003. No, no, I think it was 2003 because, like, I thought he – because I think – or no, 2004. No, 2003. It was the year that, that the, the year before T.O. Because mm-hmm. I was just into Fred, like Team Fred X. I thought it was had 80, 1108. 1100 yards for Freddie Mitchell in a year, not a career, a year. <laughs> that's that's pretty bold. But uh, all right, so, we have a- so really the goal every year, Roy, is don't don't get a Freddie Mitchell. Like I yeah. don't know, and, yeah. and I've gotten better with being realistic. All right, so we got maybe about eight minutes or so for this segment of the show. So I will turn okay. to, I will turn things over to you. Feel free to let the folks know what we can expect from the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, all right. So I'm going to say that, and and I'm going to just give quick offenses last offense last year. Eagles offense last year, 360 total yards per game. That was for 14th passing, 200 yards. No, yikes, 25th rushing. Mm-hmm. They were they were the best team in rushing by like ten yards a game. They were yeah. they were they were yeah they were they were I, I think they, they averaged one hundred forty fifty nine yards per game. They will they will average three hundred sixty seven yards total per game. That's like seven yards more. But I think the distribution will be a little bit different. You have two hundred thirty eight yards passing a game totals yeah. out to like four thousand sixty yards and one hundred thirty four yards rushing, which goes to like 2200 okay last year they scored 25 touchdowns 20 passing 25 rushing this year i think they'll score 50. whoa whoa 50 we're going from 25 to 50. oh oh, no oh no sorry 45. they scored okay no no Uh, that's a lot no 20 passing touchdowns and 25 rushing touchdowns i don't think they're gonna have 25 rushing touchdowns. oh oh oh, okay all right okay gotcha no last year they had 25. last year gotcha so so they're going to go up from 45 touchdowns last year to 50 this year. Got it. 27 okay. of the three touchdowns are passing. 23 of them will be rushing. Got it. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Right. Yeah. I see. I'm doing better. All right. Jalen Hurts. Games played 17. He's going to play all 17 games. 328 completions, 521 attempts. That's at 63, 63% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. 4,060 yards, okay. 27 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. I like it. I like that. It's good. Okay. Those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. Okay. okay. So now, so this is going into, you know what? All right. We're going to, all right. This is, I wish I put these in yard order. My apologies, but I'm going to go. So AJ Brown, 75 catches, 970 yards, and seven touchdowns. I like it. I like it. I think that's spot on. Okay. Dallas Goddard. I I I, for, I had no idea he had that good of a season last year. He had a really good was, second half. Was, really yeah, good second half of yeah, the year. Yeah. yeah. He, so I'm going to go 67 catches, 967, mm. and seven. Okay. I feel this is not, I would say, the odd guy out, but I, I mean, I don't know if there's enough footballs for all these guys. Devontae Smith, 59 catches, but I feel he's going to be an explosive player. So eight fifty five and 5. So between those three guys, we have roughly – 2,700 yards of that, those, those three guys? Yes. Okay, yep. got it. Yep. And then I – because I let go into the rest of the guys. I, I had no idea Quez Watkins had that many catches last year, but this year he have 36 catches for 503. Ooh. Okay. Zach Paschal. Basically, he's going to take what Jalen Rager didn't do. 25, <laughs> 265, and 2. All right. Kenny Gainwell, 38, yeah. 280, and 2. Okay. Miles Sanders. 15 catches, 140, no touchdown. Right. Uh, other 
13 catches for 93 and one. Okay. So that so so now so rushing the there there's going to be some normalization. They're not going to have them like 20. They're not going to have 2,500 rushing yards. But leading the team in rushing again, Jalen Hurts, mm. 100 rushes for 575 and seven again. Okay. But second, 130 attempt carries for 550. Kenny Gainwell. Oh God. Oh no. 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 It's already you were going so well. You were doing so well. <laughs> Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, ninety attempts, four forty and how four. many games? How many? Seventeen games. 17? <laughs> Seven. Ninety for four forty. Yeah. How many? How many tutties? How many tutties for for Miles Sanders? Well, he consider he had like none last well, year. Yeah. Uh, no, no, like I'd say he bounces back and gets four. Okay, all right. About a, a, a career year in a contract year. Boston Scott, seventy-five for four hundred and three. Other Trey Sermon, whatever, whoever, eighty yeah. for three thirteen and three. So right, let me stop. So, let me stop you for one second. So yeah. so Jalen Hurts, total of forty five hundred, forty six hundred total yards and thirty four touchdowns. Right. Yeah. That to me, again, if that, nothing else happens, if that, you put me, that if you put that in the matrix, if you yes. just put those numbers in the in in like I don't know the the supercomputer. That gives you eleven wins in two playoff games. At no, least, no, no, that at gives least. him a contract. That's where I'm going. That gives okay. him a contract. That gives him money. Like that's dude. He's your guy. If he does that, he's your guy. But I, don't think there's I, I mean, I don't know if that's it, if you just I don't know. One, I just like I don't know. Just sat down like in that that Jim Carrey meme and just like I don't know. Like I don't know. Just like press my fingers. That doesn't seem like a big ask. No, it is, is what I'm saying. Like I don't know. So like I don't know. It's not like this is a. Like we're we're asking the world from Jalen Hurts. We're not asking for 2019 Lamar Jackson. Like we're asking for yo. Like I don't know. Take what this team has given you, which is a stacked roster. Stacked. It's stacked. Like I don't know. Like I, I like as Shiel said it. It's probably a top. We gotta say it. It's a top five offensive roster in the league. Mm-hmm. Probably top one. Probably the best offensive line. Probably yeah. the best. The best depth offensive line. I'd say a top tenish, like receiving core. What else do you want? No, no. It's again everything that we, we say it all the time. Everything is there for Jalen Hurts. You know, like Jill said, you kind of build the team around Jalen Hurts to see what you got this year. Everything is there for him to to be good, and we'll know. We should know by the end of this year whether he is good. Uh, we have we got to be have to be quick with the defense stuff though. So defensive, give me your sack totals real quick, and give me I guess your your int totals right. as well. Yep, yep. Last right. year the Eagles had twenty nine sacks. This okay. year they'll have forty. Right. They will have they will have someone with t- over ten sacks. It will be Hassan Reddick with ten and a half, Josh Sweat eight, Brandon Graham six, Hargrave five, Fletcher Cox three, everyone else seven and a half. Okay. Um, right. Last year they had twelve interceptions. This year they'll have sixteen. Okay. Gary Slay four, Bradbury three, Avante Maddox two, Chauncey Gardner Johnson one, Epps one. Linebackers two, other three. All right, so so the Eagles again finally t- getting the getting some turnovers because again it seems like turnovers come in bunches with this team. It wasn't until like was it the, which game was it the Detroit game last year? It was one game where it, it just started for the Eagles um, when it comes to turnovers. So more turnovers, more touchdowns this year for this they, Eagles team. No, but I feel like they have to be better sacking the quarterback. Have to be. Yeah. They were they were they were thirty first in the league last year in sacking the quarterback. That's unacceptable. Like I don't know. I'm not even asking for top ten. Give me top 12, 13, and yeah. that's what 40 sacks is. If, yeah, if you're a middle-of-the-pack defense, if, if you get enough pressure to get, like you said, 40 sacks a season, or 40 sacks a year, that should be enough for the charts, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's and the Bradbury's and the Darius Slays and those guys to make plays. All right, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, really quick, give me your NFC. Well, let's say Eagles, for me, 11-6. and six. They will go 11-6 and six this year. <sighs> they will lose the division on the tiebreaker, but they will win a playoff game. I will go that far. They will win a playoff game and go eleven and six. What do you got? But they will not. But they will not. They will not win the division. You still no. think Dallas is better? Yeah, I think. Wow. I think yeah, I think, wow, wow, I think wow. they might lose in the tiebreaker. But yeah, but you so got. obviously you're you're you are still thinking Dak's going to carry that team. I do, and I, do. I and I don't, and I would have a hard time disagreeing with that. But I'm going to say Eagles eleven and six. They'll win the division. They'll win a playoff game, but in a swerve, it will not be enough. For Jalen Hurts to keep his job next Ooh. year, they will they will double down on all their picks 
and try to draft a quarterback next year. Ooh, I like that. I, I like that. I, I like the boldness. I'm not that bold to make that prediction. I'm not going to go there. I need to, I just, I can't, I can't do it yet. I was inspired by shield. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. If, if I, all right, you know what? I'll make a prediction. Jalen hurts will be your quarterback 2023. If I'm going to lean oh. one way, I'll go the other way. Jalen hurts is your guy. All right, really quick. Give me your AFC champion. Give me your NFC champion and give me your super bowl champion for super bowl 57. You know what? This is going to be the most random. I, I feel like the the leader in the clubhouse for everyone in the AFC is Buffalo. I feel like I like there hasn't been another sports team that's been due a champion like a, a championship to Buffalo. I feel like they've they have earned they have they have they've taken their like I don't know beat like they have earned their stripes. So I'm gonna say Buffalo. You know what's wild, man? I'm gonna say it. Minnesota. Mm, I'm not. I just I'm not love good. like. No, no. I feel like I don't know. There's maybe because I have Kirk Cousins on both my fantasy teams, but I feel that. That quarter, like that quarter, their new coach Kevin O'Connor, he was he came from the Rams. He is going to absolutely, he's going to expand that entire offense. You're going to get career years out of all those skill players. You're going to get careers out of Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. You're going to no, you're going to get the best version of Kirk Cousins you've ever gotten. And you know what's crazy? I'm going to say this: he's going to be in the top. He's going to be in the mix for MVP. Who wins it all? Give me, give me who wins it all? A Buffalo, Buffalo, okay. and, and it, it will be a boring Super Bowl. Like, I don't know, Buffalo will smoke them. People will be looking forward to, I don't know, who's who's the uh, bad bunny for the um, uh, <laughs> halftime entertainer. I will also go Buffalo in the AFC. In the NFC, I will go with, and again, it's hard to do it, but I will go with the LA Rams to make it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I will, I agree. I think Buffalo, I think just the vibes are just too immaculate with that Bills team. I think it's finally Josh Allen's time. I think Buffalo takes Buffalo, I think Josh Allen takes the Bills uh, to the their first Super Bowl. So that is it for all of us. Thank you guys as always for tuning in to our show here on 106.5 FM or wherever you get your podcast. Um, but again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. WPPM LP Philadelphia. Until next week, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys.